Alright, good morning, good afternoon or good evening my fellow Trash Talkers, whatever time you are tuning in, I'm glad to have you on board once again. You're listening to Trash Talk with Dee Bork and I'm your host Dave Bork. It is Thursday the 18th of January 2024 and this is our second bonus episode. Why are we doing bonus episodes everyone? It's week two of the NFL playoffs. Yep, that's right, the divisional round of the NFL playoffs and we've got four very exciting games to go. This week, we got eight teams left. Eight teams left to win a Super Bowl. Can't wait. Why don't we rip right into this thing? Let's go. Baltimore and the Houston Texans. We've been down this road before, Baltimore, after a bye in week one. <laughs> we don't want to have that same luck again. Now, these two teams already met this season in week one. The Baltimore Ravens defeating the Houston Texans 25-9. to That was CJ Stroud's NFL debut. He went 28 of 44 for 242. No touchdowns, no picks, but got sacked five times. So timing was obviously a little bit of a thing with him. At the same time, coming up against a very, very good defense. But if you look at their team overall, have a think about it. Devin Singletary actually backed up Damian Pierce to start the season in Week 1. Another guy who's been absolutely on fire for Houston of late. Had himself a very good day, so maybe you'd look at him again in this one. Nico Collins, uh, six receptions for 80 yards in this one for the Houston Texans. But yeah, their team is completely different compared to what it was in Week 1. You're dealing with a guy in his first ever start in the NFL when a lot of people were probably talking him down a little bit, especially coming off that stupid cognitive test or whatever we want to call it that made him drop down to the to the second pick of the NFL draft. He didn't, uh, he didn't have the worst game, but he didn't light anyone on fire. Uh, I dare say, though, if he goes 28-44 for 242, he's probably going to have a touchdown or two in, in this contest today. And, of course, you're going to see a more explosive version of Devin Singletary in this one too. As good as Damian Pierce was last year, he struggled early on, and now you can see that Singletary's got this running game going, and I think that he could pop off for sure against a, I don't know, somewhat suspect, average Baltimore rush If They've got one weakness in their defense, it is that, so Houston's going to look to exploit that for sure in this contest, and I think Stroud... He's going to continue to look to connect to Collins and obviously Dalton Schultz. I think we're going to see more of Schultz in this one. We didn't see a whole lot of him last week, but I reckon we'll see a little bit a little bit more of him in Baltimore, especially when the going gets tough. You're going to have to rely on your, your veterans to get you over the line. He is a very, very reliable tight end slash receiver. So... That's things on the Houston side of things. Let's go across to Baltimore, a team that's coming off a week off. They had the first round bye in the playoffs, so they've got plenty of tape to go on the Houston Texans. But if you look at what they did in week one against the Texans, Lamar went 17-22 to for 169. No touchdowns, threw a pick. The team rushed, though, for three touchdowns in this one. And if you think about last year, the Houston Texans were horrific, horrific rush day. They really were which is why Baltimore were able to exploit that in week one. And, and I guess that is one of Baltimore's strengths is to go to that ground game for sure when you've got someone of the likes of you know, Lamar Jackson, Gus Edwards. These are guys that will continue to run and will run around you, <laughs> to, to be honest as well. But if you look at what Houston gave up this season on the ground, 
during the regular season, they only gave up 96 a game, which actually wasn't that bad. Last week, they were very, very good against the rush, albeit that Joe does love to air the ball out. They only gave up 56 yards on the ground last week. So they'll be looking to somewhat maintain that in week two of the NFL playoffs and force Lamar to throw the ball. Like we said, they give up 96 a game. Baltimore rush for you know on average 156 a game so it's a definitely a contrast of styles when it comes to that but Lamar has shown of late that he can air this thing out and a similar to I guess what Baltimore have with their somewhat below average rush defense Houston secondary is awful so I think we're really going to see the best of Lamar Jackson in this one especially coming off reports today that Mark Andrews is now fully active in practice. So we might see some Mark Andrews in this one. And if he if they can get him out there with the likes of Zay Flowers, with the likes of OBJ, Rashad Bateman, Isaiah Likely, who's been an absolute stud in place of Mark Andrews, you add him back into the lineup, even if it is for you know half amount of his usual snaps or a quarter of that and get him back into the rotation... That's only going to better this offense. It will. So you'd like to think that they are going to put them up for sure. Lamar himself, though, speaking of which, in terms of being a more aggressive passer in this game, in three out of his last four, he's actually thrown for 250-plus passing yards. He's had two 300-plus yard games in that stretch as well. And like I said, it is a very favorable matchup against this Houston Texans pass defense. So, just like we did last week, we're going to hit on some touchdown scorers for every game and running through our results from last week. Let's go back to that first before we start with the Houston-Baltimore game touchdown scorers. So, we had in game one, Cleveland up against the Houston Texans, we had Amari Cooper and Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz at $3.45 or plus 245 there, got the chocolates. No good with Raheem Mostert and Travis Kelsey in game two. In the game that was originally postponed, we're going in order here from what it was originally scheduled at. We had Dalton Kincaid and Josh Allen. Kincaid at plus 360 or $4.60 there, which was very nice. And if you put him in a double, you got yourself a nice little $6.75 or plus $5.75 about that one. No double was placed in this game, but kind of wish it was because I put C.D. Lamb with him. But Jake Ferguson at $2.90 or plus 190 and Aaron Jones at plus 135 or $2.35 there. Both scored. We then went across to Detroit and the LA Rams. No luck there. We had Amonra St. Brown and Cooper Cup. They targeted Cup enough to score a touchdown, but no good for him there. And in the final game, we had Mike Evans and Devonta Smith and how neither scored in that contest. I have no idea. Devonta Smith getting pulled down a few yards short on that massive bomb from Jalen Hurts, a very rare bomb in that game. And Mike Evans actually dropped a couple in the end zone. So yeah, pretty unlucky there. Pretty unlucky. But let's go with our touchdown doubles or singles, however you want to play this this week. Game one, Houston-Baltimore. We're going to go with Zay Flowers. Again, speaking of him, a very favorable matchup against that secondary. I think they try and get it to him early and often. We're going to have that into Devin Singletary, like we've said. If there's any weakness in that Baltimore defense, it is going to be Singletary on the ground. So you can get $5.50 or plus $4.50 there. If you're just going to play singles, Zay Flowers at plus $1.55 or $2.55 and Devon Singletary at plus $1.50 or $2.50 about him to score a touchdown. If Andrews is back, I would be leaning towards this total going over. 
the 44 and a half as well if we want to add that to our best bets for that one that is game one should be a cracker it really will i'd be happy with either team going through to be honest with you just the story of cj stroud being phenomenal in his rookie year and i think a lot of people are probably cheering lamar jackson on uh he's obviously going to win his second mvp trophy this year but just as a he just had so many haters coming into the NFL saying that he just wasn't a quarterback. Let's make him switch positions to a wide receiver. <laughs> Those people look pretty stupid now when he's won two MVP awards. <laughs> so a Super Bowl ring to add to that would be pretty pretty good for him. All right, let's go now to the San Francisco 49ers up against the Green Bay Packers. The We'll start with the 49ers. They're averaging 24.5 points per game in their last three games at home, and they're taking on a team that gives up a lot of points. They really do. They've given up a lot in their last three. And if you probably discount, I guess, even the Dallas game against Minnesota, Carolina, and the Giants, I mean, they gave up a lot to them. They gave up 30-odd to Carolina, didn't give up a whole lot to many. They played pretty bad, but obviously copped a lot late against Dallas, another 30-plus. The Giants put 25 on them. So you'd like to think that the Niners are going to put up a score against this Green Bay defense. They've been a little bit improved over the last couple of games. But if you look at the, I guess, the offense that they've come up against, you know, and they played against the Bears, who were playing good footy but aren't really the same... They're not in the same zone, I guess, as the San Francisco 49ers. They're not. I know Dallas scored late, but they still scored, so you've got to you've got to stay on at all times. On the season, the 49ers average just under 29 points per game. Defensively, they've been very strong, only giving up about 17.5 a night. They probably haven't played an offense of the likes of Green Bay or the way that Green Bay is playing of late. So this one's going to be this one's going to be pretty entertaining. It will. And if you look at what the Niners did in their last, I guess, real showing at home, we're, we're going to kind of discredit their last matchup against the LA Rams, just given all the players that were out. They were bad against Baltimore. But in saying that, Brock Purdy also threw four picks in that one. So it gave Baltimore a lot of short field opportunity there, but Lamar did cut them up. And the way that Jordan Love is throwing the ball around right now, you've got to think that he's every chance of doing the same in this one. Uh, there was a there was a stat that came out today that since week 11, Jordan Love has thrown 22 touchdowns for only one pick. So not only is he throwing the ball in an incredible clip as a passer rating that's, that's seriously off the charts, he's also looking after the ball. And if there's one, I guess, negative, similar to, I guess, what Houston is, is that the fact that their secondary is pretty bad this season they're going to be able to stop the run you'd like to think with the likes of Joey Bosa and Chase Young in that D-line and, and others many others that they've got to to stop that run with with Aaron Jones after he popped off against the Dallas Cowboys so they're going to force Jordan Love to make plays to go the likes of you know Jaden Reed who is you know did nothing last game against Cowboys we didn't need him to uh Christian Watson you know Musgrave Romeo Dobbs, you know, Green Bay's obviously got plenty of weapons, so they're still very young, but they're a young team who fears no one right now, so I think Love's going to take some chances in this one, it'll be interesting to see if they can't get any run game going to see where that goes in this contest, but it's going to be, it's going to be a fun one, I think it will, for sure, 
But if you go across the other side of the fence with the San Francisco 49ers now, I'd be expecting a huge game from the likes of Christian McCaffrey because he's going up against probably one of the worst rush defenses in football this week. Uh, as long as he's healthy, he, he's somewhat coming into this game on, on the back of an injury that slowed him down the last couple of weeks of the season. But you'd like to think if he's good to go, he's going to have his way against this Green Bay D. I, I get it. They've been improved to a certain degree over the last couple of weeks. They were able to stop Fields and Khalil Herbert. And then last week against the Dallas Cowboys, they were able to slow down Tony Pollard enough, Sorry, even though they, I guess they didn't really go to him all that much. Probably should have gone to him a little bit more, but they didn't. That's why the Dallas Cowboys are on the sidelines. <laughs> but yeah, I'd like to think McCaffrey has his way for sure in this contest. And the Niners are a better team. They are. So... Yeah, I think the Niners are going to go through, but it's going to be in a high-scoring contest. It will, for sure. And we already mentioned we're on the over 15.5 there. So why don't we try and find some touchdown scorers in this one? Our touchdown double is going to be big Georgie Kittle, one for the boys, into Romeo Dobbs, who had himself a night out against the Dallas Cowboys. I feel like he's going to play very well again, again, against a, in a favorable matchup against the San Francisco 49ers corners. You can get plus 160 or $2.60 about Georgie Kittle for him as a single, or Romeo Dobbs, you're getting plus 280 or $3.80 there. So that was a nice little juicy touchdown double for us in game number two on Sunday. Let's flip across to Monday. Our favorite team, the Detroit Lions, up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, first time in Lions history that they are hosting two games in the playoffs. I don't think anyone in Detroit was uh, was ready for this one, but they are very, very excited though at the same time. This t- these two teams have already met earlier this season as well, similar to the Houston Texans and the Baltimore Ravens in our first matchup. Detroit absolutely whacked Tampa Bay. They really, really did. It was Fairly convincing in Tampa Bay as well. Uh, Detroit won that game 20-6. to Probably looks a lot closer than it was, but they really did destroy him. Jared Goff threw for 353 yards in that game on 30-44. of Two touchdowns as well. Couldn't establish any run in this one. But if you look at how that Lions team is based now, with the likes of Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery, they just run all over everyone. And Monty couldn't get anything going there, but you, you get the feeling that if he can't get anything going in this one, then they're going to go to Gibbs. So they've got weapons there. I think they're fine. Does the play calling change, given that you know they rely so heavily on the run? Maybe. I guess we're going to see. But that Tampa Bay secondary is pretty bad. And if they can't stop this man like they couldn't last time out, Amonra St. Brown... Uh, He was huge in their first meeting. He had 12 receptions for 124 yards and one touchdown, and the touchdown that he scored was so, so good to watch. Just an incredible block that was put on by Reynolds in the lead-up to that touchdown. Baker himself battled to get anything going in that contest. He went 19-37 for 206, also threw a pick. But this is a different Baker Mayfield now. I think a lot of people thought he would have struggled a little bit against Philly, even though that Philly secondary is horrific. He showed us that he's still got something. And he's winning playoff games, did it for the Browns, now he did it for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and in convincing fashion. He has had 300-plus passing yards in three out of his last five and now comes up against the Detroit Lions secondary that has been pretty average. It has. 
their pass rush is going to have to be very, very active to force Baker into making plays and quicker plays to the likes of, you know, Mike Evans and someone who he found a lot against the Philadelphia Eagles, which was KDOT and a lot over the middle. So the Lions are definitely going to rush Baker as much as they can. They're going to stop that run. They've been much improved this year on that. Aaron Glenn's done a, a, a fantastic job. Someone who interviewed for the Tennessee Titans head coaching job as well, so I wouldn't say no to him coming across. You know, but at the same time, I want, I want him to win a Super Bowl in Detroit for sure. I, I think this matchup's going to have a lot more points than it did in their Week 6 outing for sure, with, with both quarterbacks playing much better footy, both teams playing much better footy, and we're going to get... We're going to get some offensive explosion, I think, in this one. There could be about 60 points potentially coming up in this game. So our touchdown scorer, a double in this one. We're going to have big Sammy Laporta, who just knows how to find the end zone, into Mike Evans, and you can get plus 400 or $5 about that. Plus 150 about Sammy Laporta, or $2.50, or plus 120 or $2.20 about Mike Evans if you are playing them on singles. So, yeah, they're, again, I know Evans kind of let us down last week, but we're going back to the well here, I think, in somewhat of a, a more favorable matchup, especially considering if Tampa Bay are down, they're probably not going to be able to run the ball as much, so Baker's going to have to look to go to his guy, and he could potentially find... Mike Evans in the end zone in Detroit in that one. But that is at 7 a.m. on Monday morning here in Sydney. So we'll be all ready for that. Last but not least, can't wait for this one. The Buffalo Bills up against the Kansas City Chiefs kicking off at 10.30 a.m. Monday morning. The Buffalo Bills have lost their last two years in the divisional round last year a home loss to Mr. Joe Burrow himself and the Cincinnati Bengals in the the last two years before that sorry in 2020 and 2021 lost both at Kansas City but the 2021 game was the game that broke the internet (laughs) 42 to 36 victory in overtime to the Kansas City Chiefs and after that game they completely changed the overtime rules to the right of reply. I guess if a team scored on the first drive, the opposing team would have a right of reply to get back on the field and attempt to score or go for two and whatnot to keep the game alive. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Buffalo went into Kansas City this year in week 14 and already defeated the Chiefs. They won 20-17. Josh Allen going 23 of 42 in that contest for 233, one passing touchdown and one interception. Also rushed for 32 yards and one touchdown. Patrick Mahomes in that contest went 25 of 43 for 271. Also one passing touchdown and one pick. The Chiefs did not have their main running back in that one. No Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, So he's obviously just enormous to that team, especially this season. I think they had Clyde Edwards-Alaire in that one, and as good as Edwards-Alaire is, he's no Isaiah Pacheco. He's not. If you look at what the Chiefs have done on the road this season, this is Patrick Mahomes' first playoff game on the road in his career, barring Super Bowls that are in neutral venues. This is the first time we are going to see what Mr. Mahomes has in a true playoff road test. But speaking of the Chiefs on the road this season, they went 6-2. Scoring has been a lot down this year for the Kansas City Chiefs. They only averaged 21.5 on the road in their last four. Shooting across to Buffalo, they went 7-2 and two at home this season, averaging 30.5 points 
per game in their last four games at home. Probably, I mean, they've been a lot better defensively at home in their last four, but if we're including the teams they played, which were the New England Patriots and the New York Jets, they're only averaging 16 points against a game. Patrick Mahomes is a lot better than the quarterback play that they were facing in their last four, no doubt. I think there is going to be a little bit more snow predicted as well in this game. Definitely not as much as what they had in the last game against Pittsburgh Steelers. But at the end of the day, both are going to be fine in this weather. They've dealt with it pretty much, I guess, their entire career. Mahomes has played in freezing cold condition and didn't get much colder than what they played at in the last game at minus 30. So, yeah, I don't think the cold's going to worry either team. And given that it's not going to be as bad as what the last game was, I think you're going to see a pretty high-quality game of footy here. Every chance all four games go over this week, to be honest with you, with the quality of play that we've got left, quarterback play more and more in particular. I, it, you just get the feeling, though, that if the Buffalo Bills can't beat the Kansas City Chiefs this time round, it's never going to happen. I think this is the year for the Buffalo Bills. It really is. A lot went wrong for them at the start of the year, and they're starting to play good footy at the right time of the year. You know, to obviously win this division, put themselves in this position to get the two seed now, to get that home final. This is what they've been after all this time. Don't have to go on the road and see what Josh Allen's got. No, he needs to make up for, I guess, what happened lot to what happened to them last year against the Cincinnati Bengals at home. And Cincinnati were probably a much better team especially offensively than what the Kansas City Chiefs have provided this year because outside of Rashi Rice and probably Pacheco, you haven't had that same production from Mahomes and Kelsey and I guess some of their other receivers just don't really have it this year. So, you know, you can't, I guess, turn your back on the Chiefs, but you'd like to think that Buffalo are getting this done on Monday in probably a, a close enough contest. They probably win by, you know... a, a a touchdown, less than a touchdown. <laughs> I think I think it's probably three to seven or three to ten. I guess if you want to call it that for the Buffalo Bills. But yeah, I I think they should be marching on to play most likely the Baltimore Ravens in the AFC Championship game to make the Super Bowl. And I think that would make a lot of, I guess, fans of the NFL very very happy because they want to see they want to see Buffalo good. They want to see that fan base Bills Mafia happy and jumping through fire tables. <laughs> Freaking to be honest with you. So, yeah, this is going to be much-watch TV. It will, for sure. Whether it breaks the internet again like their last overtime loss to the Chiefs, I don't know, but I, I hope so. It's going to be awesome to watch. Could be another Gabe Davis game. <laughs> All right, touchdown score, a double in this one. We're not going with Gabe Davis, especially given his uncertainty in the game. Didn't play last week, so we're going to go with someone who desperately needs a touchdown, hasn't had one in, in quite some time, and especially in a big game, Stefan Diggs into Isaiah Pacheco, the running bull himself, and you can get plus 425 or $5.25 about that one. Singles, you're getting Stefan Diggs at plus 150 or $2.50, and Isaiah Pacheco at plus 130 or $2.30 there. This is going to be one incredible divisional round playoffs weekend i can't wait for it as always we're going to have plenty of content coming through on sunday at trash talk with dbork there on tiktok and instagram we'll hit on some more same game parlays we're going to have a couple on sunday then we'll have a couple on monday coming through for that yeah i can't wait bring on bring on the footy it's going to be awesome i uh, hope you all have an incredible weekend enjoy the enjoy the weekend of footy 
hopefully it's some good weather so we can actually enjoy that too <laughs> um and yeah sit back relax and crack open a cold one do whatever you gotta do let's hopefully hopefully we can back pick some winners here with these touchdown scorers in our best bets it's gonna be awesome we'll be back again on wednesday and thursday next week for our nfl pod this has been trash talk with d have yourself an amazing weekend i'm out